Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today as we go into the word of God. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day and for this time. We pray now that you will bless our time in your word, that everything that we do and say will be pleasing in your sight. Let great seed find good soil that it will produce much fruit in our lives. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I make a phone call. I'm looking to buy uh, specifically something to treat the water in my house. I'm noticing that um, the water smells a lot like chlorine in excess. Um, tastes kind of funny, right? Ice cubes and things like that. So I'm like, okay, I got to get, I got to do better than just a Brita water filter fitch, a pitcher, right? I've got to do something else. So we make a phone call and we schedule somebody to come out and tell us about their um, water softening system and the system to, you know, take out the trace elements and minerals and things like that uh, in, in the water. What I notice is when, when the salesman comes, nice young man, when he comes, uh, he's talking about his product. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, I don't care what kind of deal unless it's free, I'm not going to buy it the first time I hear about it. Like, I got to do some comparison shopping, right? So I don't care how good you tell me your product is because that's what salespeople are supposed to do. So this guy, man, he is selling. I mean, he's selling. He's right on the border of being a used car salesman. You know what I'm saying? He's like right on the edge. He's like, I'm almost about to put him out, but I'm like, he's such a nice guy, man. So he's telling me all this stuff and he keeps on saying, our product is made from metal and, and we have a reputable name behind us. And he tells the name of the company. I'm not going to tell you the name of the company because they're not paying me. Anyway, he tells them. So I'm not giving him no endorsement for free. I'm, I'm just saying. So anyway, he gives us the name of the company. And then he says, um, see, our competitors, um, their products are plastic and they're made in China. So the first time he said it, I kind of let it go. And then he kept on coming back to, and our products are made in the USA, and our competitors are made in China. After about the fifth time he said made in China, I said, hey, man, you don't know if I got some Chinese relatives. Why you keep saying made in China? <laughs> like, just, just tell me about your product, right? Because I'm not really concerned as much about where it's made, because there was a time when everything was made in China, Right? I'm concerned about the quality of your product and is it going to do what you say it's going to do for the time that you say it's going to say do it. But he was trying to capture something that has become a talking point over the last six to eight years made in America. Right? You see it in commercials. They'll put up a logo with red, white, and blue, and it says, made in America. We want to bring jobs back to America. We have outsourced so much in our country. And so in an attempt to rebuild our economy, and in the name of a kind of nationalism, people celebrate made in America. Some people like to talk about being self-made. Right. So they look in the mirror and they say they are a self-made man or they are a self-made woman. Pull myself up by my bootstraps. You know, once I was weaned from my mother, I've been on my own ever since. 
you know, folks start telling stories. I've been working since I was seven years old, you know, breaking all kinds of child welfare laws, right? Self-made. But, but here's what I came to understand. What's even better than made in China or made in America or self-made is being able to say you were made by God. Right? And when I say made by God, I'm not just talking about creation made by God. I'm talking about your person, your character, who you are, that you've been made by God. You go into a store and you start looking at labels and you see even in the manufacturing of clothing or appliances, you see a tag, you see a label that says made in America and it's supposed to make you feel good about that product. If anybody checked the label of your life, if anybody stood around and listened to the words that come out of your mouth, if anybody observed how you treat other people, would they be able to leave your presence and say that person was made by God? Uh, today, I want to begin a series entitled Making Space for God's Grace. Making Space for God's Grace. I've come to the conclusion that there are many people in the body of Christ and outside of the body of Christ who have minimized the power and the presence of the grace of God in their life. Those of us who were aware that we needed grace when we were a mess, now that we're doing okay, we forget that it's still grace that keeps us day by day. And so in this series, I want to talk to two people. In this series, I want to talk to those of you who may need the Lord to know that grace is the way for you to get to him. And for those of you who know the Lord, I need you to know that not only did you need grace in your past, but grace is still present in your present and in your future. Today, I want to begin this series by talking to you from the thought, the saving grace of God. The saving grace of God. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Now, the book of Ephesians, one of Paul's prison epistles, is divided into two sections. Verse chapters 1, 2, and 3, and chapters 4, 5, and 6. The first half of the book of Ephesians deals with doctrine the second half of the book focuses primarily on duty the first half of the book focuses on beliefs what we should believe and the second half of the book deals with behavior how we should act and so here we are in the first half of this book the principles that are being shared to help us live the way we need to live in our day-to-day -day walk with God in chapter 2 in particular, Paul starts off by talking about what it means to live a life without Christ. He says in verse 1, and you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. You were lost. You were on your way to hell. You were jacked up, tore up from the floor. You were messed up. He says you were dead in trespasses and sins. So he basically says you got to understand where you were if you're going to appreciate where you are right now. Even if you look good, even if you smell good, even if you drove good and you ate good, you were still dead in trespasses and sins. But he moves from identifying where we were without Christ to what God did to help us get to Christ. So in verse four, he says, but God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. He moves from life without Christ to now focusing on the work of God's mercy. You know what mercy is. Mercy is when you do not get what you do deserve. Somebody in here, you may be walking around thinking God is unfair. Somebody who's listening, you've been complaining. Thank you, Lord, that God is unfair. He is not fair to you. And you're absolutely right, because if God was fair, none of us would be here right now. If God were, were fair, all of us would be gone because our sinfulness has always been greater than the good that we could do. It's because of the mercy of God, that idea of mercy, the compassion of God for us, regardless of where we were. Notice what he says. He says, you were dead in trespasses and sins, but God's mercy didn't, watch this, wait for you to get to him. He found you when you were dead and then brought life to you in your dead situation. So he says in verses one through three, we had a life without Christ. We were dead. He said in verses four through seven, but God through his great mercy, right? Then he gets to verse eight, which is where we're going to start today. And now he shifts to the work of grace, right? Now he says the mercy of God is something that you should be excited about. Uh, Jeremiah says morning by morning, new mercies we have received. So let me just stop here for a moment and say to somebody parenthetically that just in case you think you are here where you are right now and you are watching wherever you're watching, that you are where you are or watching where you are because you deserved it, no. You are where you are because of the mercy of God. And listen to me carefully. You got new mercy this morning. Yesterday's mercy was used up on yesterday. Tomorrow's mercy hasn't shown up yet because it only shows up when you cross over to tomorrow. But right now you are living out of the new mercy that God has provided for you. And he says, because of that new mercy, now you are prepared to receive and acknowledge God's grace. So here's the first thing and really the only thing I'm going to share with you today. Number one. You need to realize you are saved by the grace of God. You are saved 
by the grace of God. Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. What does it mean, first of all, to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? Somebody says to you, I'm saved. Somebody says, oh, do you accept Christ? Oh, now you're saved. And for somebody, that word saved is a scary term. I don't know if I want to be saved or not because some folk that I see being saved, I don't know if I want to be like them, right? What does it mean to be saved? The word saved in the Greek literally means to be delivered or protected, to be healed or made whole, right? So when he talks about being saved, he's talking about our spiritual station. He says you can be saved. Now notice when grace comes, grace doesn't make you perfect. Being saved does not mean you are perfect. <clears throat> Being saved does not mean you are sinless. Being saved means you have the power to sin less. But it doesn't mean you will ever be in this flesh sinless. Some of y'all looking at me strange. You still haven't gotten it. See, you are always going to battle with sin as long as you are in this flesh. The prayer is, is that as you yield yourself to God, you are sinning less and less as you make your way along this Christian life. But you will never be sinless until you trade in mortal for immortality. I'm trying to help somebody in here because one of the things that I know saints will do is sometimes beat themselves up for not being sinless like they pretend to be to other folk who don't know any better. See, you got family members who think that some of y'all are perfect. And it's not because you strive to be perfect, it's because you pretend to be perfect. So you pretend to be so perfect that they don't think they can come to you with their broken selves. Especially, Lord have mercy, when you start judging and operating above your pay grade. Listen, the text says, for by grace you have been saved. Grace speaks to uh, graciousness, uh, favor, unmerited and undeserved favor from God. Mercy is when we don't get what we do deserve Grace is when we do get what we don't deserve. Here's the problem. Many of us have been saved so long that we forget that we're still making it by the grace of God. So when you start communicating to people your disappointments, your dislike, your frustration. I can't believe you would let something like this happen. I can't believe you do it. I can't believe. Don't you know who you represent? How could you be so stupid? Where's the grace talk? Because whatever you're saying to that person that's let you down, God could multiply that mm, infinity and talk to you 
about the dumb, stupid, crazy, undisciplined things that you have done in your life. You don't have to say amen, just say ouch. He says, you have been saved by grace. And the uniqueness of the God's favor and kindness is that in every instance when grace shows up, it is undeserved and unmerited. Matter of fact, can I tell you something? The moment you start thinking you deserve it and you earned it, it stops being grace. It's only grace when you realize you don't deserve it and you can't earn it. And God basically says to you and to me, the grace you have received is the grace you need to learn how to give. God said, I've shown you grace. Uh, despite your cussing, despite rejecting me, despite rebelling against me, despite your hostility toward me, despite denying me, despite neglecting me, despite your half-hearted commitment to me, despite your embracing of religion over me, despite your idolatrous worship, despite your trespasses and your sins, I have shown you grace. Despite the fact that you said, I ain't going to mess up no more. Despite the fact that you prayed and said, Lord, if you get me out of this and found yourself back in a situation worse than the one he got you out of. God says, I've still given you grace. I sent my son to die for you when you didn't deserve it. When you were without strength, when you were ungodly, when you were sinners, when you were enemies of mine, I still sent my son. Look at Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. Let's read it together. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Go down to verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. This is the grace of God. Grace shows up where it's not deserved, where it's not earned. That's what makes grace, grace. And if you really want people to look at your life and see made by God, you got to see more grace and less hate. You got to see more grace and less hate. So here's salvation. Salvation, this gift from God. Yeah, he says it's a gift from God. That's, that's what he says. He says it's a gift from God that God gave you this grace as a gift. Look at Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short 
of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It is a gift from God. In him, Ephesians 1, 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It is a gift that God has given and it is a gift that is rooted in grace. Now, can I tell you something? Here's the problem that many of us have with grace and salvation. How many of you believe you're saved? Raise your hand. You believe you're a Christian. You believe you're saved. Okay. Here's the problem with 99% of us. Our excitement about our salvation has waned over the years because we've gotten comfortable with our salvation and we don't continue to reflect on the magnanimous gesture of grace that God gave in saving us. It's gotten old. It's gotten tiring. It's commonplace. So uh, my wife and I um, love to watch House Hunters. We, we, HGTV is one of our favorite stations. And uh, so I'm, I'm watching and this couple was buying a property on an island, um, I believe it was Antigua, and they were looking for a property on the water, right? They had this dream of living on the water. And so they look at these houses, they go through three or four of them, and they buy this house. And uh, they're showing them at the end of the show and they, you know, jumping in the water. They got a pool, crazy view, walk to the ocean, really nice. And the woman makes a statement. She says, every morning I wake up and I have to pinch myself because I can't believe that we are living where we live. They, they moved from some cold weather. I think it was like in Boston or something, right? And they were like, no, we don't want to feel that cold no more. She said, every morning, every morning, I wake up and I pinch myself. I can't believe that we live like this. When's the last time you woke up in the morning and pinched yourself that God saved you? Oh, see, you've been saved so long. Some of y'all made the mistake of thinking you were born like you are right now. You, 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 you have forgotten all that you've been through to get where you are right now. You've forgotten how messed up you were and you, for, you have forgotten how easy it could have been for your life to continue down a terrible path. But God, rich in mercy, found you and claimed you and showed you his grace 
and his mercy. And there were others who were with you who are nowhere to be found. And every morning you get up and you take salvation for granted. Like you've always had it. When you should be pinching yourself. Saying thank you Lord. Every morning thank you God I'm so glad I'm saved. On my way to hell I'm so glad I'm saved. Friends in the penitentiary. Friends in the graveyard. Could have been me. But God. And God says every day you ought to celebrate that you have been saved by grace. And watch this. Not only have you been saved by grace, maybe some of the reasons you miss the celebration of your salvation is because you are kept by grace. You don't even realize you're being kept by grace. Every day you're being kept by grace. And the grace that saved you and the grace that, grace that keeps you is the grace that will sustain you moving forward. It was his amazing grace. Now, I share this with you because I was praying. I was saying, God, why, why, why are you leading me this way? And God said to me very clearly, if we're going to help people who need Jesus and help people who know Jesus, everything that we do has to be undergirded by and covered by God's grace. And if we're not reminded that every day we walk in grace, then we're going to be challenged to give grace to somebody who we perceive needs it more than we do. When in actuality, even on our best day, we still need the grace of God. Yeah. Isaiah said all of our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. You, you know what that word picture is of a filthy rag? That, 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 was, that was a rag that a woman used during her menstrual cycle. That, that's the image. He said, all of your righteousness is as a used rag by a woman during her menstrual. That's your righteousness before God. It's not good for anything except to be thrown away. He says, we are to walk and live by God's grace. Let all of God's people say amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amazing grace will always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so 
He looked beyond all of my faults and saw my needs. Have I got a witness in here? Amazing grace will always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond all of my faults and saw my needs and I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross died for me how marvelous the grace that caught my fallen soul he looked beyond all of my faults and saw my knees. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. said he looked beyond he looked beyond all of my faults and he saw my needs is that anybody's testimony today come on is that anybody's testimony today Come on, if you know God, look beyond your faults and saw your needs. If you're not ashamed to say, I haven't always been where I am right now. I haven't always talked the way I talk right now. And if the truth be told, sometimes I go back to the way I used to talk. And the way I used to live and the way I used to think. But thank God he looked beyond Saw my needs. Come on, everybody who can, everybody who will, stand on your feet. 
wherever you are. Stand on your feet wherever you are. Come on, if you can celebrate the grace of God in your life. Anybody know you're here by the grace? Come on, somebody, you were so bad, it had to be amazing grace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amazing grace. Come on, somebody can say, I'm still a work in progress. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. But if you think I'm bad now, you should have saw me a few years ago. Hey! But thank God, he looked beyond every one of my faults. Lord, have mercy. And saw my needs. If you're here right now, if you're listening, if you're watching, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. If you're watching, you can use that QR code. If you're in the building, if you want to use the QR code, you can use that quick link. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. I don't want our tradition of asking you to come forward to stand in the way of you saying yes to the Lord. We have people every month who use that QR code who are here in the sanctuary to say, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to become part of our church family. If you're watching, we want you to become part of our church family. We want to help you grow and become all that God wants you to be. If you're here upstairs or down in the balcony to my right, to my left, if you want to say yes to the Lord, there's men and women who are standing up front who are all around who would love to show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life somebody who's here right now you may be afraid to walk you may be afraid to walk so so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to let you know right now you don't have to walk by yourself um, there are people who are around you who can't walk for you but they will walk with you yeah they can't walk for you but they will walk with you if you're here right now and you know Jesus, you're part of this church and you're willing to walk with somebody, raise your hand if you're willing to walk with somebody. You say, I'm willing to walk down with you. I'm willing to walk down with you. Raise your hand. Hold your hand up. I want to make sure. So if you're standing next to somebody who has raised their hand, make them good to their word. Tell them, come on, walk with me. I need you to walk with me. Thank God we got one somebody else i see somebody over here coming come on if you're upstairs we're gonna wait for you come on we're gonna celebrate you coming today praise god you don't have to walk alone you don't have to walk in this world and here's what i need you to do i need you to give yourself the grace that god has already oh lord have mercy i need you to give yourself the grace that god has already provided for you I need you to give yourself the grace. There's somebody who's here today. There's somebody who's here today. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm sensing it. There's somebody. I see you coming. I, there's somebody who's here today. Listen, you've done a better job of beating yourself up than the devil has. Matter of fact, the devil doesn't even have to beat you up anymore because you've been beating yourself up. You've been beating yourself up for mistakes that you've made. 
you've been beating yourself up for decisions that you've made you've been beating yourself up for choices that you've made here's the problem you can never win a fight with the past because you can't change the past but can I tell you something about the grace of God the grace of God can cover your past and move you forward into a better future as long as you're fighting the past you're tied to the past somebody today I need you to make a step today because you are literally you are literally beating yourself up and keeping yourself from receiving the love that God has for you I want you to say yes today those who have come man we praise God for those who have come come on let's thank God for those who have come those of you who are online I want you to respond scan that QR code and say preacher you talking to me there's somebody I'm talking to right now I'm talking to you you have beat yourself up and God says stop beating yourself up stop beating yourself up and receive the grace that God has for you come on we offer Christ Come on, we offer, we offer Christ. Oh, my sister. Come on, somebody else. Don't wait, don't tarry. He will give you brand new life. Come on, new life. Come on and come. Oh, come. Come on. Come on, one more time. We offer Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on, say yes. Come on, say yes. Ask somebody next to you. Come on and walk with me. Come on and walk with me. Matter of fact, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to somebody and say, do you need me to walk with you? Turn to somebody and say, do you need me to walk with you? I'll walk with you. If they say no, turn to somebody else and say, do you need me to walk with you? Turn. Come on, I see you. I see you, yeah. Yeah, I see you. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you, man. I see you. Bless you, sister. I see you. Turn to somebody and say, do you need me to walk with you? I'll walk with you. Come on. Come on. If they say no, turn to somebody and say, I'll walk with you. I see you coming. I see you coming. I see you, sweetie. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Bless you. I see you. I see you. Come on. 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 Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody rejoice in this place. Yeah. Come on. Somebody. Come on. Come on. Praise him into the kingdom. Come on. Praise him into the kingdom. Come on. Praise him into the kingdom. 
Come on, somebody give him some glory in this place. I see you coming. Come on, they're still coming. They're still coming. Come on, they're still coming. Come on, they're still coming. Come on, there's still room for you. Come on, there's still room for you. Come on. Come on, come on. You know, in, in the world that we live in, this pressure that's put upon us and in some instances is self-imposed and it's the pressure of perfection and I, I, I want to help somebody who still needs to come I want you to hear me today striving for perfection the pressure to try to live a life without mistakes negates the need for the grace of God 
I need somebody who's here right now. I need somebody who's listening. If you haven't tuned out yet, God, God has been doing amazing things here this, this morning, but I need somebody today. You've been, you've been putting that pressure of perfection on yourself so much so that you can't walk in the grace that God has provided for you. You can't receive the love that God has for you because you're trying to do it on your own. The word of God says, by grace, you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. And there's somebody you need to make a step today because God says your freedom is available. I see you. I see you coming, man. I see you coming. I, I need you. I need you to embrace that imperfection makes room for grace. And, and where your imperfection will never take you, grace will take you, not out of performance, but to give you a peace. A peace, which is really what you've been looking for. A peace. A peace that passes all understanding. Peace. Stretch out your hands. Let's just cover those who have come in prayer. Father, thank you for those who have come today. God, I don't know from whence they've come, but I know you have a plan for their life. Great things you have in store. I pray, God, right now that they will come to know you and grow in you in ways that even blow their minds. That they will become soldiers and ambassadors for you and walk in the grace and every morning thank you for the grace that you've made available to them. We bless you now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let all of God's people say amen. Come on now, welcome them into the kingdom. Come on, welcome them to our church. You may be seated.